0: Straight to your phone, free every day, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. If you can't tell other people what's in it for them, guess what? They do not care. Dayolday.com, day. oh. free, exceptional. Work on your game. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work. The confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get to use those personal initiative. What is that? That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unified philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic, is unenforced rules are merely suggestions. And of course, as always, we're going to get into that in detail in a moment. First of all, some housekeeping. Let me tell everybody, I have a daily motivation text message that I send out free of charge. This is a message that is guaranteed to do three things for you. It's going to keep you focused, it's going to keep you sharp, and it's going to keep you on point. Every single day when I send it straight to your phone, if you would like to receive that message, all you got to do send me a text message right now to my phone to let me know that you want to be on the list. My number is 305-384-6894. So send a text to that message right now. And tomorrow when I send out my daily motivation text, because you are in my text community, you will get the message along with everybody else who is in the text community. So that's all you got to do. Just text me right now and you'll be getting it. Other thing is make sure you go to net right now to get access to my 45-minute training, five steps to increase your income year over year so you can get to that next financial milestone for you without without having to run on the work treadmill and feel like that you are in tactical hell, always playing kind of playing whack-a-mole with your work, meaning you're always putting out fires and you feel like you can't ever stop moving just to get the next dollar. That's how you feel right now to make money, even though you're making money, but you want to make more money while doing less of that. And yes, this is possible. Go to workonyourgame.net. Get my free training. It's only 45 minutes long, but it is free. And I will give you a 24-hour access pass to get it. Go there right now. And the sooner you go there, the sooner we can get to work on that. So all that said, let's get into today's topic, which is, again, unenforced rules are merely suggestions. There is the management at my building. They sent out this email recently that made me think of this topic. And they were reminding everyone in this email that they sent out of the rules of the building. Things like make sure you curb your dog. So if your dog, because there's like this little dog walking area that they have inside the building. And I guess buildings make this because it's a nice little amenity to help sell the building. But I always think when I see people taking their dogs, because the dog walking area is like on like the 13th floor of the building. And whenever I see people going there with their dogs, I think to myself, are you that lazy that you went and got a dog, you own a dog, but you're so lazy that you won't even go outside with the dog. You won't even go to the first floor and actually walk the dog because no dogs actually do need to walk. Our dogs don't need to be taken to some amenity so that they can piss and poop on some astroturf or like the fake grass. And then you go right back upstairs to your house. I see a lot of people doing this. So sometimes I'm sitting down there at the amenities level and I don't have a dog, but I'm sitting there and I see people get off the elevator, go over there with the dog. And five minutes later, they come right back and go right back up the elevator and go in the house. I'm like, that dog is right now, that dog is so stressed out and the dogs can't talk, but the dogs so stressed out. He's not even walking your dog. Like If you have a dog and you live in a condominium that has a place where you can walk the dog that's inside the building take your dog outside your dog will thank you for it even though they can't say it out loud so let me speak on behalf of your dog but anyway The management was sending out this message that when you take your dog to this little dog walking amenity, make sure you pick up after your dog, et cetera, et cetera. And this place, another thing about this place where they have you walk the dogs, this inside amenity for dog walking. This place is so nasty because the only thing you could do there is bring your dog in there and then dogs just come in and they piss there and they poop there. And yes, people pick up the poop. And then every morning what they do is they have a maintenance person come with a hose and they like rinse through the fake grass. So I guess wash out the piss, but that grass is so contaminated and nasty. Just walking in it with your shoes on. Then what people do, they walk in that grass with their shoes on, right? That has a dried up piss and poop residue on it. And then what do they do? They go upstairs and they go inside their houses, right? And then they take their shoes off then they walk around barefoot in their house and then they get in their bed. <laughs> this is what people are doing. But anyway, this is the kind of stuff that I think about sometimes when I see people walking around like this, that is not even a point of the email management sent. They were just telling people, make sure you pick up after your dog follow rules around the amenities, like don't bring no food and drinks to the pool and there's no smoking in the building and all these different types of things they say are rules. And the reason I say it that way is because all these things that the management is sending this email out about is people aren't following the rules. That's why they're sending out an email reminding people of the rules. The problem is, is the thing that I know to be true about management, is that management has no process actually enforcing these rules. Their only process is reminding people of the rules. But if you're not enforcing a rule, then it doesn't matter how many times you tell people about it. You could have rules posted up on the wall in the building, but if there's no one actually enforcing the rule that's on the wall, is it actually a rule? The answer is no, it is not. These are not really rules. The only thing management can do, or not the only thing they can do, the only thing they are doing is sending out emails, which are completely useless because if someone doesn't want to follow that rule, well, what's management going to do? They're not going to do anything. They're not doing anything. They can do something, but they're not doing it. I know that they know this because here's what happened one time, even though I have not been, none of these, the fact that people don't follow these rules, because I see sometimes I'm sitting out by the pool and I don't go to the pool to swim. I sit out by the pool deck area. Sometimes I'm working out there. I'll bring my laptop and I'm writing and things like that. And I see people in the pool with glass bottles, which we're not supposed to have with alcohol, which you are not supposed to. With dogs, you're not supposed to bring dogs by the pool. Playing music out loud, you're not supposed to do that. Letting your dogs piss and poop in the dog walk area not picking it up, you're not supposed to do that. I see people violating these rules all the time. And it's not because the people in Miami or the people in this building are bad people. It's not any of that. It's because when you don't enforce rules, people don't follow them. This is simply just human nature. This is the way that it works. So I replied to one of these emails that management sent. And I asked a simple question. It was just one sentence. I said, what is management's process for actually enforcing these rules with a question mark? And guess what they said back? Well, you guess right. They said nothing. They didn't say anything because they know answering that question make them look like some assholes, but they already look like assholes because they're not enforcing these rules. So let's talk about this. Point number one, not specifically about my building, but the fact that when this is the topic today, when you do not enforce your rules, they are not really rules. They're actually suggestions. Point number one, understand that human beings respond to incentives and human beings include you and me. We respond to incentives. What is an incentive? An incentive is a reason that you give a person for doing something or not doing something. If a person does not have an incentive, they will probably do nothing. Definition of incentive is a thing that motivates or encourages one to do something. For example, when I was like 17 or 18 years old, when I first got my driver's license and I would drive around sometimes in a car that maybe I would borrow one of my parents' cars. They had like an extra car that eventually became my car's beat up car that I had. Sometimes when I first started driving, when I had my license, I would drive with no seatbelt on. And the incentive that I got to start wearing my seatbelt more consistently was not that someone gave me a stern talking to about the fact that I might get in a car accident and go flying through the windshield. That was not enough to encourage me. What encouraged me was that I got pulled over a couple of times and I got citations for driving without a seatbelt on. And that ticket was like $150. And as an 18 year old who didn't have that much money, I was working at McDonald's. $150 was a lot of money. I was paying those tickets on payment plans. All right, just to give you an idea of where I was at, that was enough of an incentive to get me to wear a seatbelt every single time. This is what human beings respond to. We respond to reasons, motivations to do or not do something. If you do not give a person a reason to do something that is not necessarily, and they don't have any reason to do it on their own volition, guess what? They won't do it. Whatever rules you put in place, people will respond to the incentives that are most self-serving for them. This is why Robert Greene, the 48 Laws of Power, he explains that when you want someone's help or cooperation, you always appeal to their self-interest, never to their mercy or gratitude. In other words, but you want someone to do something for you. Do not give them all the reasons that doing something for you would help you, even though you're telling the truth. I, I could tell you why giving, donating your money to me would actually be a good idea because of all the great things I would do with the money that you would donate to me. And I'm not lying. I would do a lot of great things with the money you would give me. But what does that have to do with you? What incentive am I giving you to give me your money? I'm not giving you any. I'm only talking about myself. This is one of the main mistakes that people make when they fail at persuasion and influence is they only talk about what they get. You talk to another person about what they're going to get. I've had so many people reach out to me over the years, even back from my basketball days, even today as an entrepreneur. Somebody will reach out to me and ask me if I do any kind of mentoring or someone wants coaching, but they're not trying to pay for it. Right. So they want somebody to help them out, or somebody will reach out to me and say, Dre, you no, know, is there a way that I could talk to you on the phone every now and then just to ask you questions or get ideas from you and get encouragement and get help? And sometimes I would even ask these people, well. What do I get for that? What do I get for doing that for you? You're asking me for my some of my most valuable resources, like my time, and my information, which are both worth money and you want it for free. Why should I do that? And people who they have no concept of persuasion and influence, they would respond by saying something like telling me how me donating my resources to them would help them. This is a bad idea, folks. So any of you who has found yourself doing this, stop doing this. If you ever want to move another person to action, you must talk about why they would want to do it not why it would help you. We already know why it would help you. Actually, it doesn't even matter why it would help you because nobody else cares why it would help you. You need to tell other people why it would help them. And if you don't know why something would help another person, don't ask them to do it and don't suggest that they do it. If you want to move another person to action, appeal to other people's self-interest. Why? Because every human being on this planet is tuned in to radio station WIIFM. What's in it for me? If you can't tell other people what's in it for them, guess what? They do not care. Most people do not care about you. All right, they don't care about you nearly as much as you care about you. There's only so much charity every human being has inside of them. Okay. The people who make the most money at charities, which are asking people to donate, right? Donate their resources for a good cause. All right, who makes more money? The salesperson or the charity? All right, the salesperson. Why? Because the salesperson is speaking in a language of self-interest. while the charity is speaking in a language of interest about what we get, what the charity gets. And listen, I'm not saying that donating to a charity is a bad idea, but the reason why many charities Don't generate as much money as they could because they're only talking about what you giving your money to them is going to do for them. And most people only have but so much charity in them. But if you speak to people's greed, you can get a lot more money out of them. This is just how it works. This is human nature, folks. You can work with it or you can work against it, but I'm telling you how it works. So if you want to work against it, you will lose. But don't say that nobody told you. All right. We do things that serve us, each one of us. So if you want people to follow your rules, you need to frame the rules in such a way that following them is a benefit to them. Another way you can do it is you need to frame the penalties for breaking the rules so punitive that breaking them is not worth breaking, breaking the rules. Just like me, I wasn't wearing my seatbelt when I was 18 driving around, but breaking that rule of not wearing a seatbelt was costing me $150 a pop. I said, all right, let me just wear the seatbelt so I can save my $150. All right, that is a repercussion and people respect those, which is the point number two. Today's topic, once again, is unenforced rules are merely suggestions. Number two, people respect repercussions. So the first point is understanding that human beings respond to incentives, a reason to do something. And we also respect repercussions, which are what? A repercussion is simply the negative form of an incentive. It's what happens if you don't do what I tell you to do. So if as a child you had no parents, they were putting some form of discipline on you. You knew that if you broke one of your parents rules, it will result in you getting grounded or getting your ass beat or something, getting your phone taken away from you, depending on how old you are. You would try to follow the rules as much as you could, at least when you were thinking about it. Why? Because you didn't want to deal with the repercussions of not following the rules, especially if you got caught. All right, not because you care so much about the rules and it was because you didn't want to deal with the repercussions, right? I might have my parents might have had a rule that I didn't like, but I didn't like the repercussion worse than I didn't like the rule, right? So which one's gonna win? I'm gonna follow the rule even though I don't like it because the repercussion is worse than the rule. All right. So there are people out there who might have thoughts of doing some criminal activity, right? But they're able to control their criminal tendencies and their criminal thoughts. Why? Because of the knowledge of the repercussions that await them if they get caught doing the crime. Right? So I might get an idea, you know what, maybe I could steal some candy from the local corner store, but I understand that if I steal the candy, the repercussion might be me getting caught and going to jail and getting you know, prosecuted to the furthest extent of the law, whatever that means when they have those posted in the stores. Is it worth it to steal the candy? What's the cost benefit analysis of doing that? It's probably not worth it. So I'll pay for the candy. Right. So it's understanding what the repercussions are. People should know what the repercussions are for breaking a rule, because if they sense or they come to believe that there are no repercussions, well, guess what? Your rule is not really a rule, which is why in my building, they're sending out emails telling people all the rules that they're not supposed to break in the building, but people go and break the rules anyway. Why? Because ain't nobody enforcing them. all right? So it's not really a rule, all right? It's just a suggestion. It's a suggestion that you curb your dog. It's a suggestion that you don't bring glass bottles and food and alcohol and dogs to the swimming pool, but and it's a suggestion that you don't smoke in a building, but if nobody's enforcing it, what are you going to do? I'll tell you a quick story. One day I was sitting out by the pool area. I wasn't in the pool, but I was doing some writing, but I could see everything that was going on at the pool. And outside at the pool, it was a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon. So it's packed. So any of you who's been to or lives in Miami, you know. And one of these condominium buildings on Saturdays and Sundays, it looks like a, some kind of you know, party. Every Saturday and Sunday is basically a party in the daytime on a sunny day in Miami. So there are people out there with speakers, they're playing music out loud off the speakers when it's a rule posted right there on the wall. Do not play music out loud. So they're playing music off speakers. You have people who are drinking alcohol, people who are in the pool with glass bottles and soda cans in their hand. People have their dogs at the pool people are bringing like eight guests with them to the pool when the rule is you're not allowed to bring more than two guests with you to the pool area. And so all of the rules are being every single rule on the wall is being violated by somebody out there. Right. So this is all happening. And as I'm sitting there, I see some people from management. There's about four or five people who work in management. I know who they are. They come walking out towards the pool area and I see them looking out there and they're seeing all these people doing these things. And I don't know what they were saying to each other and management people, but I see them talking to each other. So one of them looks and then they walk away. They come back and there's two of them and they're looking at another person comes and they're all talking and then they're all looking and then they're talking amongst them Then they're looking and I'm looking at them. I'm watching the scene at the pool where all these rules are being broken and I'm looking at management and I know that they are seeing these rules being broken and I know that they know what the rules are because they don't the want sending the emails. And I just watched them and I thought to myself, I wonder if any of them is actually going to say anything. And I knew that none of them was going to say anything because they don't really have any balls. And if somebody was to just say to them, well, fuck you, I'm not going to follow the rule. What are you going to do? None of them would do a damn thing. So I knew nothing was going to happen, but I remember sitting there watching them and I was kind of just laughing to myself, like none of them's going to do a damn thing. And that's exactly what happened. They didn't do anything. They turned around and went right back in office. And this is the whole point. When there are no repercussions to breaking a rule, then the rule doesn't really exist. And this is how it is. If people know there's no penalty. All right, people will commit crimes all day, every day. This is why in certain cities, I believe it was in San Francisco. The Mayor was saying that they're no longer going to prosecute, or at least there was a point that they were saying this i don't know what the situation is on this very day. There was a point they were saying we're not going to be prosecuting you no know, petty crimes and you no know, these small thefts because it's not worth it It's not worth the uh, you know putting our manpower of police into that. we need to put them in other things. It was some reason, but they had announced this. This became a news item that they're not going to be prosecuting criminals who shoplift, like less than $200 worth of stuff from a store. So then you start seeing these videos that would go viral of a person going into a store, like a CVS or a Walgreens, stealing a bunch of stuff in broad daylight, walking out of the store with a bag full of stolen goods right past the security guard. And the security have been informed, instructed, do not chase down a criminal who steals something out of the store. Don't chase them uh, because it's not worth it for you to chase them because this is after the whole you no know, the people trying to go against the police and any type of law enforcement. So if it came into a skirmish or a scuffle and the cop beat up the person or shot the person, then it'd be more protests and all this stuff. So because of this, the city had preemptively said we're not going to prosecute petty crimes and all this stuff. And this is kind of a reaction of the whole George Floyd fallout. And there are people just stealing stuff, just stealing stuff straight out the stores. And people are looking at this like, okay, this is only going to get worse. Because if they think they can get away with this, then somebody's gonna try the next level and the next level, the next level, and let's see how far we can take this until it becomes a real issue. Now, I don't know what they're doing right now in San Francisco, but I did see these videos and I remember seeing that story. The whole point is if people know there are no repercussions, then you get chaos because human beings are always moving towards a state of entropy, which is a state of chaos, because there's no standards holding them in place. And when there are no standards at all, oh my God, it gets crazy. I mean. All of you have seen situations where there were no standards. What did you see? You saw chaos. It was a ridiculous situation. In boxing, for example, if you're in a boxing match, your opponent needs to know that you have the power in your hands to hurt them with one of your punches because if they feel like your punches can't hurt them, well, they'll just walk right through your punches so they can get as close to you as possible and they'll throw their own punches at you because they're not afraid of the repercussions of getting too close. See, this is why power matters in a sport, like in any type of combat sport. You have to show your opponent you can hurt them if they get too close. If they don't feel like your punches hurt, well, they'll just eat your punches so they can punch you. So you got to be strong enough to keep them at bay and at a safe distance. In basketball, for example, if you don't have the speed or explosiveness to beat your defender off the dribble and get to the rim, but what do defenses do? They get all up into your chest and so close to you that you don't have the space to shoot your outside shot either. See, what makes Steph Curry a great outside shooter is not just the fact that he can shoot the three-pointer, is the fact that if you get too close to him, he'll beat you off the dribble and go make a two-pointer. All right, he doesn't mind going to the rim and getting a layup. But if all defenses knew that Steph Curry wasn't quick enough to beat them to the rim, then they would take away his three-point shot and he wouldn't be able to do either one. You see, your ability to get to the rim is what opens up your outside shot. And your ability to hit the outside shot is what opens up your ability to get to the rim. Because since you can hit the outside shot, your defender's got to get up on you. And that gives you the space, that gives you the opportunity to get past them because they have to overplay and take away the outside shot. And your ability to get to the rim means the defender's got to back up off you because they know you can beat them off the bounce, and that gives you the space to shoot your outside shot. So all of this stuff works together. And this is how it works in just in basketball as an example. This is why players who were, for example, you look at a player like Kobe Bryant is a really good example of this. In his prime years, before the injuries at the last, you no know, three-ish years of his career when Kobe Bryant was a very inefficient and not good player because he wasn't explosive anymore after his injuries, before his injuries, Kobe was explosive enough off the dribble that defenders had to give him space. And because they gave him space, Kobe could beat him with his outside shot. He could hit his jump shot because he had space for it. But after his injuries, and he didn't have the explosiveness anymore to beat guys off the bounce, his defenders could get all up on him because Kobe couldn't beat them off the dribble. So even if he started dribbling, they could stay in front of him. So now he didn't have space for a shot or his drive. And then he had the force-up shots that were not as open as they had been when he was explosive. And that's why he was missing a lot of shots. So his last few years in the NBA, again, Kobe Bryant was a very inefficient player and a very... Just to be frank, he just was not a good player because he couldn't do anything anymore. The very things that made him great, he was incapable of doing because he had lost half of it. He could still shoot the outside shot, but now nobody had to respect his drive, so they didn't give him space for the outside shot. So you couldn't force the defense to respect that ability. So your ability to drive to the basket creates space to shoot the outside shots if you can't. And if you make the outside shot, it creates space to drive to the basket. But if you lose either one, the other one becomes harder because there are no repercussions for the defense. You understand what I'm saying? So you want to make the defense pay every way possible. LeBron James, another example, when before he became a good outside shooter, defenders would just play off of him because they knew he could drive to the basket explosively and his jump shot was spotty. But when his jump shot got better and you had to defend the jump shot and the drive, well, it was nothing you could do. because He's going to beat you one way or another. And you know LeBron is LeBron. Moving on to point number three. Today's topic, once again, is unenforced rules or merely suggestions. I want you to think about how to surprise to yourself. What rules, standards have you decided to have for yourself? And are you holding yourself to them? Are you holding yourself accountable to them? In other words, are you following your own rules? Because if you're not following your own rules, then they're not rules. You're just making suggestions to yourself, which is not a bad thing to make suggestions to yourself. But human beings, all of us, we get things done when we just give ourselves assertions, things that absolutely have to get done. These are not suggestions. A suggestion is something that you could take or leave. If I suggest that you do something, you could say, "Okay, maybe you will and maybe you won't. But human beings don't work too well when we're giving ourselves suggestions. We work well when we tell ourselves absolutes. We work off of absolutes, not suggestions. Should is just a passive thought about what could happen. And I already told you a few episodes not too long ago that should does not matter. All right. If you are making your decisions, not even they're not even decisions, actually. If you are telling yourself things based on the word should, your conversation is based on should I should do this, I should do that. That was episode 2271. Should does not matter when it comes to your success. All right. That's the exact reason why you're not getting it, because you're giving yourself kind of halfway suggestions. Nobody cares about a halfway suggestion. You got to give yourself absolutes, meaning unequivocal of this absolutely must happen, not it should happen. It must happen. And there's a difference between those words. Only thing that really matters in life, folks, is what actually takes place, not what should take place. So what is the end result that you are holding yourself to? I told you in episode 1974 that standards are the enemy of mediocrity. What is a standard? A standard is not a suggestion, everybody. Standard is a rule that has repercussions, meaning if you don't live up to the standards, it's going to be a problem. And if you work at a job where you have a sales quota, if you don't hit that quota, what happens? If the answer is nothing, then that's not a real quota. If something happens, that's a quota. If you don't hit it, the standard is not a standard unless it is enforced. If you have standards that are not being enforced, then what you are doing is living in mediocrity. I already know it. I only had to know you to know that. So are you upholding your own standards? As a matter of fact, do you even have any standards? You don't need to go listen to episode 1974 and make sure you get your standards in place. And also episode 2097, where I told you the standards still matter. Recap in today's class, which is unenforced rules are merely suggestions. Like these people in my building sending out emails about what the rules are and nobody's following them simply because they are not enforcing them. Point number one, human beings respond to incentives incentive is simply a motivation or reason for a person to do something. If you don't give a person a reason to do something, for the most part, they won't do it. So whatever rules you set in place, people respond to whatever incentives are most self-serving, whether that means following the rule or not following the rule. Robert Greene talked about in 48 Laws of Power, when you want somebody's help, appeal to their self-interest, never to their mercy or gratitude. People do not care about being charitable towards you past a certain point. Point number two, people respect repercussions. Repercussion is simply the inverse of a rule, meaning it is what happens if you don't follow the invoice of an incentive, excuse me. It means what will happen if you do not follow the rule? This is going to happen. And if it's painful enough, people will respect it and they will do what they're supposed to do. Just like a boxer. If I know coming close too close to you means I'm going to get hit with that jab and you're going to snap my head back with that jab because you got a good punch, then I'm not going to get too close to you because I'm afraid of getting hit with that jab. And this is what happens in basketball, for example. If you're a good driver and a good shooter, my defender knows. You play off me, I'm going to make a three-pointer in your face. You get too close to me, I'm going to drive past you and dunk on you. Now they got to respect everything that I can do. And now I got the defender on their heels. But if I'm not a good shooter or not a good driver or not good at either, well, the defender's going to basically take control of me and dominate me because they don't respect any of the repercussions of doing anything against me. So your opponents must respect the repercussions of anything you could possibly do to them in sports, for example. Number three, think about how to surprise to yourself. What rules, standards have you decided to have for yourself? And are you holding yourself up to those rules and standards? Are you following your own rules? Because if you're not, then you don't have rules. What you have are suggestions. And the problem with suggestions is human beings don't do well when all they have in place are suggestions because suggestions are passive. They are take it or leave it. Human beings work best when we have absolutes and standards in place. And the first place absolutes and standards should come from, well, it should have came from your parents when you were growing up. But let's say you're old enough that your parents aren't making rules for you. then The next place it comes from is you. Where are you setting standards and absolutes for yourself that you absolutely must live up to? Not you should live up to, but you must live up to. If you can't answer that, then you need to start setting those right now. You should write them down. All that said, text me. Get my daily motivation at 305-384-6894. Get that text every day. And workonyourgame.net Get my free training. Get to the next level financially for you and your business without running yourself into the ground in the process. That's workonyourgame.net. Work on your game. Dre all day.